0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May the 24th, 2022. Praise be to Jesus. Hey, good news. Uh, in case you were wondering, Davos is back in session. I mean, like, in person, again. Like, wow, the world's most elite have descended upon uh, Switzerland to get together to talk about You. And uh, you know how to make your life, air quotes, better. So we might discuss a little bit of that today. But coming up at 35 past the hour, John Hayward, National Security Deputy Editor of Breitbart News, is going to be on to talk about why China is seemingly trying its hardest to take over uh, the oil fields of Iraq. Um, What's going on there? Why are they doing that? What are the implications for the rest of the world? All of that coming up in this hour. And it's good to be back in the saddle, praise be to God. Uh, here's a new one Oxfam put out today. In During the pandemic, 573 new billionaires were created during the pandemic. Also, 263 million people fell into extreme poverty during the pandemic. And I wonder where Rudy Carlos falls in that spectrum. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's hard to tell. Good morning, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Welcome back. It's good to have you back. Praise be to God.
1: Uh, you survived it. We did, yes, and we had a good time. Jesus Robles was here, and he brought a friend with him. I don't know if you, uh, <laughs> if you watched the stream or listened. I but, didn't. Uh,
0: I did not. I was driving mostly or yeah. sleeping or hiking. Yeah, he brought his yeah. friend,
1: friend Pedro, and man, the guy was Pepe? running Pepe. Yeah, he's Speaking running, of Pepe, running
0: amok. Adrian Fonseca's here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian.
2: Good morning. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? Our friend Kim, she said she texted me this morning and said, Hey, let everybody know I'm praying for them. I mm-hmm. won't be able to oh, wash today you. because uh, they are off to help out with the runoff primaries uh, for the elections in Texas oh, wow. today. Wow. So she said, uh, Make sure everybody knows that she's praying for them.
0: So okay. There well,. You go. Thanks, Kim. Hey, uh, the uh, monkeypox thing was a big deal while I was gone. Apparently, uh, two (laughs) gay raves in Europe have uh, led to an outbreak around the world of monkeypox. So there's that. And then uh, the San Francisco newspaper, The Examiner, I think it's The Examiner, is demanding Corleone be replaced. So they're reaching out to His Holiness Pope Francis. So we'll talk about that a little bit in this hour as well. When all else so, fails,
1: call the manager.
0: Call, call the boss, you know. <laughs> and it's like everybody does that now. Can I speak to the manager? Like, <laughs> really? You got to have that. Can I speak to the manager? Haircut too? You, you, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm very grateful to be back. We had a wonderful extended weekend. I was taking my daughter out to a convent in. Alabama, a beautiful place, actually. Marbury, Alabama, between Montgomery and Birmingham. And while they were there, discerning uh, over a weekend, a silent retreat weekend with Father Edmund, one of the Dominicans, the young Dominican priests, uh, who, by the way, has a great connection to the Hillbilly Thomas.
3: Really? Yeah. Is he one of them?
0: No, but oh. he's besties with them apparently. Oh, that's so. Good. So that was kind of fun. And, uh, and then while that was happening, my other daughter and I were hiking in the mountains in Oak Mountain uh, State Park in just south of Birmingham, Alabama, which was uh, awesome. It was just amazing. We had such a great time all day Saturday. And then we hightailed it on Sunday after mass. We hightailed it down to Mississippi to hang out at the beach and just like we like weave the needle, right, of rain and storms. So like, <laughs> well, everybody like so you I, avoided it. My wife lost power. You know, because of the storms. But we just, we nailed it. We were on the beach having a great old time and not having to worry about rain. Praise be to God. So, great weekend. At any rate, we're back. We have a lot to cover today. So much to do. So much to jump into. Hopefully, you guys had a great couple of days on the program. I want to thank our friend Brent Haynes for joining us on Friday. Uh, And then, of course... You know the news breaking about Nancy Pelosi and Bishop Cordileone Friday night. I felt like, you know, <laughs> do I should I stop and comment on this? No, forget it. it <laughs> we gonna, talked about it yesterday. Uh, I'm sure you did. I'm going to yeah. talk about it more today. Yeah. Uh, so and then of course uh, all of the other good stories. So we'll we'll be catching up on some of that today. Uh, let's let's jump in. Let's pray. It's going to be a great couple of hours of Catholic drive time. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos.
1: Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd, and here's a roundup of your headlines. CNBC reports Airbnb to close its domestic business in China. Airbnb launched its mainland China business in 2016 and has faced mounting competition from domestic players. Sources say that the segment was already costly and complex to operate. The pandemic worsened these issues and heightened their impact. Despite in-country branding, stays in China on the platform have accounted to approximately 1% of revenue for the last few years. The Washington Examiner reports Florida anti-censorship social media law struck down by federal court appeals court. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit has ruled against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Republicans in the state, who passed the state social media law SB 7072 last year. The law prevents social media companies from deplatforming political candidates. The law was intended to make it illegal to ban state political candidates from Facebook and Twitter, and it would impose penalties of $250,000 a day on social media companies for any statewide candidate removed from the platform. De-platforming more local candidates would incur a fee of $25,000 a day. The Blaze reports China says U.S. will intervene if China... Biden says, rather... U.S. will intervene if China invades Taiwan. During a Monday press conference in Tokyo, Biden said that the United States military will help Taiwan defend itself against China if necessary. In October, Biden issued similar remarks and said that the U.S. would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion, to which a ministry spokesperson warned, no one should underestimate the strong resolve, determination, and capability of the Chinese people to safeguard national sovereignty and territorial integrity. China has no room for compromise. Justin News reports Wisconsin Republicans vote against decertifying twenty twenty election results and removing Assembly Speaker. Wisconsin Republicans over the weekend rejected resolutions to rescind the state's twenty twenty electoral college votes and to remove Robin Vos as Speaker of the State Assembly. Meeting outside the capital city of Madison delegates to the state's party's annual convention adopted close to 50 other resolutions, including a call for all ballots in the state to be cast on paper and hand counted on election day. The resolutions are non-binding, but become part of the state GOP's party platform. Most of the measures would require a change in law to become effective. And those
2: are your headline news this morning. God love you. end of the day is King St. David I of Scotland Born in 1085, Saint David was the youngest son of King Malcolm III of Scotland and his wife Margaret, who herself is in fact a saint. He contributed enormously to setting up civilizing and religious institutions in Scotland. Although David spent most of his childhood in Scotland, he was educated for some years at the Anglo-Norman court in England when his brother Alexander ac- acceded to the throne, ascended to the throne of Scotland in 1107. David became Prince of Cumbria, he married Matilda, the daughter of Weldief, Earl of Northampton and Huntington, and thus became an English Earl. As Prince of Cumbria, he was entitled to an inheritance of the southern Scotland. Upon Alexander's death, David reluctantly became King of Scots in 1124. He brought with him many knights and courtiers from Norman England, many of whom became the future aristocrats and even kings of Scotland. Including Bruce, Balliol, and FitzAlan, who later became the Stuart kings. King David oversaw the continuing development of the Scottish state and the organization of Christianity within it. He set up royal burgs of Stirling, Perth, and Dumferlin, and founded bishoprics at Brecon, Dumblane, Caithans, Ross, and Aberdeen. He also endowed monasteries, Augustinian canons at Holyrood, Cistercians at Melrose, Benedictines at Dunfermline, this period of Scottish history has become known as the Davidian revolution. When Queen Matilda died, he gave even more attention to religious matters, reciting the divine office himself every day and giving alms. In all, he exercised a wholly civilizing influence upon his family and upon the nation. David himself died in 1153 and was buried at Dunfermline where his saintly cult continued until the 16th century uh, Protestant Revolution. The earliest assessment of David I's portrayal as a pious king, a reformer and a civilizing agent in a barbarous nation. For William of Newburgh, David was a, quote, king, not barbarous of a barbarous nation, who wisely tempered the fierceness of his barbarous nation. William praises David for his piety, noting that among other saintly activities, he was frequent in washing the feet of the poor. This can be read literally. His mother, who is now patron saint of Scotland, was widely known and lauded for this same practice. Another of David's eulogists and his former and his former courtier, Alarid, echoes Numberg's assertions and praises David for his justice as well as his piety, commenting that David's rule of Scots. Was the whole barbarous, barbarity of the nations was softened, as if forgetting their natural fierceness, they submitted their necks to the laws which the royal gentleness dictated. He died in 1153, and Saint sorry, Saint David of the First of Scotland,
0: pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 29. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Every one then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And every one who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house And it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Saint Jerome would say, quote, As he had said above, that those who have the robe of a good life are yet not to be received because of the impiety of their doctrines. So now, on the other hand, he forbids us to participate the the faith with those who, while they are strong in sound doctrine, destroy it with evil works. For it behooves the servants of God that both their work should be approved by their teaching, and their teaching by their works. Close quote, St. Jerome, pray for us. St. Gregory the Great would say, quote, By this sentence it is given to us to learn that among men, charity and humility and not mighty works are to be esteemed. Whence also now the Holy Church, if there be any miracles of heretics, despises them, because she knows that they have not the mark of holiness. And the proof of holiness is not to work miracles, but to love our neighbor as ourselves, to think truly of God and of our neighbor better than ourselves," close quote, St. Gregory Pray for us. Hillary points out the allurements and temptations that we suffer in all this. He says, By the showers, he signifies the allurements of smooth and gently invading pleasures, with which the faith is at first watered as with spreading rills. Afterwards comes down the rush of torrent floods, that is, the motions of fiercer desire. And lastly, the whole force of the driving tempests rage against it. That is, the universal spirits of the devil's reign attack it. Close quote. St. Hilary, pray for us. Now, it's interesting because in order to be truly a follower of Christ, we must not only have the faith, but we must have a life lived according to that faith. It is both, and it is not one or the other. Your faith and solid doctrines lived out in holy works giving back to god as a child of god let us meditate upon that we'll be right back to commentate more on that right after this break with what's concerning us it's coming up next
4: men it's time the men's march to end abortion and rally for personhood is saturday june 11th the weekend before father's day from 12 to 3 p.m in tallahassee florida Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
5: Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon, religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no, and here's the reason. First, just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. So, to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Brucehard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
0: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, John Hayward, National Security Deputy Editor of Breitbart News, is going to be our guest to talk about China's Belt and Road Initiative in Iraq, seemingly attempting to take over their oil fields there. And we're going to get the latest on that story coming up with John Hayward, as I said, at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. And uh, it's I find it fascinating that today, you know, Davos is back in style. Hey, they're meeting in person again. Praise be to God. No more of this pandemic routine. They get to show up. All of the most elite people on planet Earth are... You were invited, right? I mean, you're going, aren't you? I mean surely you're a part of the the crowd that gets to make the decisions that affect the rest of the world world's population yeah, no huh isn't that interesting <laughs> how few people get to make the decisions that impact trillions of human beings around the around the world and of course, some of it is just posturing i mean you could argue most of it is just posturing, fine, fair enough, but neither here nor there these people, these very powerful elite people, do go back to their countries. And a portion of whatever gets trickled down does end up in policies in those countries, which is fascinating. And I, I, today, this morning, I they uncover, they dug out back in 2018, the CEO of Pfizer uh, actually made a, a presentation at Davos, Albert Barula, where he pitched Pfizer's idea to have trackable pills, little little pills that you would take. And they would send out signals that can be read by authorities to ensure that you have taken the prescribed medicine. It's a guarantee of compliance. That was 2018. And in those days, he was talking about a different set of drugs. He wasn't referring to COVID or anything like that. But golly, you is. I wonder what they'll talk about this year with this technology now. And the uh, the need for, for having the whole globe come together and be compliant. It'll be interesting. But there's a, a second set of very powerful and elite people who make decisions on your behalf. And, and it seeming, it seems to me that your vote maybe doesn't count as much. And that is, of course, our Catholic politicians who have for decades had evil works. The faith that they claim doesn't match the works. That they they actually live, right? I mean, this is the gospel that we just heard. Lord, Lord, did I not do this in your name? Did I not do that in your name? And yet the testimony of the early church fathers on this very issue is you have to have both sound doctrine and good and holy works. Because if you are what you say you are, a follower of the Most High, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, the Way, the Truth, and the Life, then you're going to live like it. It's bottom line. And I found it very interesting because I was watching uh, Archbishop Corleone's statement uh, on uh, EWTN against his detractors, right, who, uh, who are apparently are now coming out in droves. And I'm sure you guys talked about this yesterday, Rudy. Yeah, we did. Um, go ahead. Okay. Oh, well, we talked about
1: the, uh, the, the actual whether or not it was a, an excommunication... Or an interdict, and it seems to us that it was more of an interdict against yeah. Nancy Pelosi instead of using yeah. very strong language and yeah. excom he didn't excommunicate
6: it right. he.
0: he just instructed his yeah. uh, his priest not, not to not to allow not right. to allow I mean, communion. I was talking
2: to one of my friends in the one in one of the canonical courts he's a lay member of a canonical court, and he was telling me how right now a bunch of the canonists are debating on what exactly (laughs) is what Corleone did, because it doesn't actually fall under any category. They say all they know for sure is that he has told her that she's not allowed to receive communion, but there's been no canonical trial, so Mm -hmm. she's not excommunicated, nor is she under interdict. But it's a very confusing thing, so, yeah, yeah, anyway.
0: Well, I find it fascinating, because Corleone pointed out that he has now, for a very long time, attempted to have dialogue with Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. On many occasions, several occasions, he has reached out to try to have a conversation with her, and she has not reciprocated. And many times, he is e- she has either denied uh, the appointment or just ignored him outright. In fact, he said in his interview with EWTN that she didn't even respond to his announcement that she is now banned from communion in his diocese. So, um, fascinating there, right? So and the the whole argument over whether or not the Eucharist can be politicized, he flips that on its head and he says it is politicized. It's politicized to support these things rather than what the actual church teaches on the Holy Eucharist, what kind of a state we must be in in order to receive Holy Holy Communion. You know, it's fascinating, especially if you go back to the early church. I mean, you go all the way back to the to the earliest days of the Holy Mass and the liturgy, you'll find that you could not just bring yourself to communion and receive it. They didn't let just anybody come to communion. You had to be baptized. You had to come into the church properly. You had to be a member of the body of Christ in order to receive communion. And if you, if you committed heresy and you were repentant, you might spend years out in front of the church begging the flock to, uh, to forgive you before you were re-admitted to communion. So even the early church testimony is pretty powerful. But I find it very interesting that his detractors are lining up. I mean, we knew that was going to come. He knew that was going to come. I mean, he, I think he even said he alerted Nancy Pelosi ahead of time that this was going to happen. So she didn't respond, but it's not like it was a surprise. And, of course, we're starting to see you know, bishops line up on one side or the other of the argument. But, of course, out of uh, the District of Columbia... And then an article out of Catholic News Agency. Headline says DC Archdiocese mistakenly gives candid response on Pelosi communion denial. This is interesting. Uh, this is this the article says, quote, the Archdiocese of Washington's communications office erroneously told a reporter Monday that media requests related to Nancy Pelosi's denial of Holy Communion by her bishop will, quote, be ignored, close quote. Archbishop Salvatore Corleone of San Francisco, the local ordinary of U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, announced Friday that Pelosi may not be admitted to Holy Communion in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, nor should she present herself to receive the Eucharist until she publicly repudiates her long-standing support for abortion. Since Corleone's announcement, numerous bishops have publicly made their support for Corleone's action known. Bishop Robert Vassa of Santa Rosa, which includes a... Uh, A vacation home of Pelosi's is in Napa. has said that he, too, will uphold Corleone's decision not to admit her to communion and has instructed his priest as such. A reporter writing from the Washington Examiner had contacted the Archdiocese of Washington, led by Cardinal Wilton Gregory, for a comment on the matter since Pelosi spends much of her time in the nation's capital. The reporter received an emailed response from the communications office, apparently sent in error, quote, just sharing for you to know what comes in, close quote. The email reads, going on to say, quote, email since Saturday when I last checked the comms inbox has just been a couple of random people wanting to tell the Cardinal to bring down the hammer on Pelosi. Aside from Jack Jenkins at Religion News Service, this is the only new media inquiry. It will be ignored, too. Close quote. When the examiner requested clarification, Archdiocese spokesperson Patricia Zapor told the reporter that Cardinal Gregory would not be commenting publicly on the matter. Quote, I apologize for the mistaken email. We have not been responding to inquiries on this topic because Cardinal Gregory's position has not changed from what he has said in the past. Close quote. The follow-up email reads, Quote, Cardinal Gregory has no new comment about the issue of Catholic politicians receiving communion, the actions of Archbishop Corleone, and his decision to make the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Uh, Cardinal Gregory has not instructed the priests of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington to refuse communion to anyone, close quote. Again, uh, not surprised. This is to be expected. We all knew that uh, Nancy Pelosi could receive communion in Washington, D.C., just like she could receive communion in Rome after having met with his Holiness Pope Francis. So not surprised at all that some bishops are going to line up this way and others that way. And it's not new. The church has been dealing with these kinds of problems and divisions among its clergy for since. I mean, Judas decided to betray our Lord, and uh, Peter denied our Lord at his passion. It's part of the church's experience and life. It is part of the pilgrimage we have on this earth and will not be resolved until the beatific vision and then the second coming. It's just the way it goes the wheat and the weeds. It's part of life. But I do want to applaud all of these bishops that are making these public statements in support, because the bishop has the authority. I mean, I'm sorry to, you know, rain on the parade of Whoopi Goldberg and The View, but it is, in fact, the very definition of the bishop's job is to teach the faith and to guard and protect the treasures of the holy faith within his jurisdiction. And that includes every single soul within his jurisdiction. It doesn't include just the Catholic ones, by the way. The bishop is the bishop of all souls within his jurisdiction, not just those Catholics that come to his churches. Do you get get the nuance there? It's very important. Because just imagine if the bishops acted like that, as though every single soul was his personal responsibility that was entrusted to him by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the true shepherd, and that he was there to stand in his person. Imagine if he stood there with his mitre and his crozier against the evils of abortion, let alone homosexuality in the, uh, rampant in society, destroying the church and the fabric of, of our communities, let alone a pornography and all the other ills in society. Imagine if he stood there with his mitre and his crozier and he said, this far and no further. And he called all souls to to repentance, to confession, and to conversion. Because that is in fact the only job of the Holy Mother Church given to us by our Savior, Jesus Christ, is to convert all souls. So it's not surprising to me that we see people lining up on one side or the other. However, the San Francisco newspaper demands, demands his holiness, you know, Come to their rescue and fire this archbishop and replace him with someone that will unify and not divide. Let that sink in for a second. Because they want a church of what's happening now. They want a church that reflects the world, the flesh, and the devil, not the good, the true, and the beautiful. Because the good, the true, and the beautiful have implications that we don't want to live by. We want to vote in a you know sort of like a democracy to say this is what we believe and we want the church to reflect what we believe that's called protestantism that's called anglicanism that's called the world has embraced the world and you could go to a, a myriad thousands and thousands of of flavors you can choose from why do you insist on changing the catholic church to bend to mold itself to your view right I know that uh, our friend uh, from Crisis Magazine has kept this keeping a list of all the bishops who are in support, and you can find him on Twitter, Eric Sammons. Go look at Eric Sammons' Twitter feed. You'll find he'll, he'll, he's keeping a list of all of them. And uh, my hats off, congratulations to those bishops who have courage today to stand up for what is right, for what is good and true and beautiful, because there is charity for Nancy Pelosi, because mortal sins send people to hell. And it's not too late. She's still alive. Let's try. We'll be right back.
7: Hi, This is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
4: Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
5: From the University of Dallas, and ad scene on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu.
1: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. The the Epic Times reports White House weighs waiving smog rules on gasoline to lower pump price. Refiners and blenders are required to avoid lower-cost components like butane in summer gasoline, but the White House is weighing suspending that rule to help lower fuel costs. The components help alleviate gasoline's read vapor pressure, which contributes to smog at higher levels, particularly in the hot summer months. Summer blend gas, which retailers must sell from June 1st to September 15th, is required under the Clean Air Act's nineteen ninety amendments. In the past, the U.S. government has waived these requirements regionally or nationally to deal with hurricanes or other supply issues. Sky News reports gene-edited tomatoes. British scientists create tomato with souped-up vitamin D. Currently, UK legislation copied over from European law does not distinguish between genetically modified and genetically edited, and makes it virtually impossible to bring genetically modified products to the market. Many environmental groups still oppose gene editing, arguing that because it involves an initial step of inserting foreign DNA into the plant to do the editing, it is in no way natural. The Epic Times reports World has just 10 weeks of wheat supplies left in, shor- in storage, an analyst warns. She says, I want to start by explicitly saying that the Russia-Ukraine war did not start the food security crisis. It simply added fu- fuel to a fire that was long burning. A crisis we detected tremors from long before the COVID-19 pandemic exposed the fragility of our supply chains, Sarah Menker, a CEO of an agricultural analytics firm, said. She continues, we are already seeing riots and protesting taking place as we speak in Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Pakistan, Peru, she said. We've seen destabilizing dynamics already in the Sahel from Burkina Faso, Mali, and Chad. These are only signs of things to come. And those were your headline
0: news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. In an article on May the 17th over at Breitbart News, John Hayward wrote, quote, China is Iraq's top investor, and Baghdad was the biggest beneficiary last year of Beijing's Belt and Road Initiative, receiving $10.5 billion in financing for infrastructure projects, including a power plant and an airport. And joining us now to talk about this is John Hayward from Breitbart News. Good morning to you, sir.
8: Good morning.
0: Thank you for having me. Praise be to God. We're glad to have you on the on the show today. What is going on in Iraq with China? Why would they be all of a sudden trying to muscle their with their Belt and Road initiative into China's oil and gas and other resources?
8: Well, the short answer is that China wants oil. China has a tremendous appetite for energy. They have no interest in any of this climate change nonsense. They talk about it. They love that we're into climate change and stuff, and we're not developing our energy resources. They love that we're trying to reduce our dependence on oil, which is reducing our influence in the Middle East. And China is quickly stepping into the Middle East, taking over, picking up, especially after President Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, and securing all of these Middle Eastern energy resources to feed China's bottomless appetite for carbon fuels. They're digging coal in record quantities like it's never been dug before. They're burning coal. They're building more coal plants, and they're using oil, lots and lots and lots of oil. Now, the Belt and Road Initiative is China's big international infrastructure program, which is technically a way for China to invest in roads and bridges and power plants and so on across the developing world. But what it actually is, is a program for China to buy political influence. They lend huge amounts of money to these third world governments, and they build projects that don't pay for themselves, that are not profitable, that that don't make any money. And then the countries become hooked on Chinese loans. They become indebted to Chinese banks and the Chinese government begins taking control of their political system from them. In Sri Lanka, they took over a port, very famous uh, Belt and Road debacle. In Iraq, they're looking to build their political influence, and more and more Iraqi politicians are pumping the brakes and denying uh, permission for a couple of big Chinese buys of Iraqi oil resources because they're worried about how much influence China is gaining.
0: Didn't Sri Lanka just default on their debt not that long ago?
8: Yes, uh, Sri Lanka is probably the the most hideous uh financial debacle and energy debacle in the world right now, and kind of a sneak preview of things to come for the rest of us. Sri Lanka ran out of money, as we have run out of money. They went in debt up to their eyeballs. They spent too much, much money on various frivolous things, and a lot of Sri Lanka's money came from China. Sri Lanka was financed heavily by Chinese investments, by Belt and Road money, and they were just kind of hooked on easy Chinese cash for a long time, and this family that rules Sri Lanka that's been in power there for decades spent madcap amounts of money on all kinds of public works projects. Sound familiar? Just like we've spent (laughs) trillions of dollars and we're in debt up to our eyeballs. And then the day came that they couldn't get any more money. They couldn't borrow anything more. They couldn't pay the debts. They couldn't afford to buy fuel. They don't have any more foreign currency reserves. So Sri Lanka is going down in flames. There's protests in the streets, rolling blackouts. A food crisis is looming there. And China's money is one of the reasons they're in so much trouble.
1: Mr. Hayward, thanks for uh, joining us again on uh, Catholic Drive Time. We appreciate you coming on. I'm wondering, you know, this is more of like a theoretical question, but what happens now in Sri Lanka? Since they were indebted to China and most of their money was going, coming from China, uh, what happens now? Does China come in and seize most of their assets or what, what do you think will happen next?
8: Well, China will try to do that, and <clears throat> they've already taken control of a major port in Sri Lanka as repayment for debt, and they will try to do more of that sort of thing, but they're going to have to get in line, because there are other creditors that are pushing for Sri Lanka to find some kind of repayment plan. The International Monetary Fund is involved, the World Bank is now involved, so the situation in Sri Lanka is going to be very complicated, and I think you can bet that the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and other institutions like that are going to try to prevent China from just taking control of the island. That, that's the worst-case scenario. They're going to make the Chinese wait for their payback, and the Chinese can afford to be patient. They budget some of this into their Belt and Road plans. They know some of these loans are going to be bad paper, and they're ready to absorb the losses in order to get the political influence they desire, and in the case of places like Iraq and Iran, lock down the energy resources they want.
0: According to your article uh, that I was quoting from at the beginning of our conversation, it seems like some of these uh foreign co- these western companies that are in Iraq now BP to, uh Exxon uh they're being pressured to sell some of their stakes in Iraq?
8: Yes. Absolutely. That's what the deals that the Iraqi government scuttled over the past year, three big ones, all involved Western companies being prepared to sell off their interests in Iraq to the Chinese, to Chinese state-run companies. And the Iraqi government stepped in quietly in each case and nixed the deals because they were afraid of how much influence China was building. One of the reasons why Western companies are doing this is because they see the transition to alternative energy, green energy, electric cars, and so on is going going to reduce the demand for oil in the long term, so they're selling off things that are no longer profitable to them, interests and assets, that they feel like they don't need anymore, and the Chinese are willing to buy them at fire sale prices. So it looks like a good deal to the West as they see dependence on oil reducing, and that's having real political ramifications across the Middle East. If you're Iraq or any oil-producing nation, do you want to bet on the United States as a partner for the next 10, 20, 30 years, or do you want to bet on China? And when you're considering that, sure, the Chinese are malevolent and tyrannical and so forth, but they're very straightforward about what they want. They're very nationalist. They act in their own interests, and they tell you that right up front. Then they make a deal, and they stick with it, and China is hungry for oil. China wants fossil fuels. They'll snaffle up every bit of fossil fuels that we don't want. They're ready to buy everything we're not interested in anymore. And if you're a Middle Eastern country, you have to factor that into your long-term strategic calculations.
0: Now, the biggest criticism of the Iraq war was that it was a, an oil war. Uh, we went there to fight because of oil resources. That's the biggest criticism. So uh, it, how much pressure is the United States government placing upon the Iraqi government to, to push back against China and all this?
8: There's very little public pressure. The U.S. government has not been involved in any of these stories. The Iraqi uh, deals that were canceled were done so by the Iraqi government, with no apparent influence or interference by the U.S. government. There doesn't seem to be any strategy in this administration for blocking China's attempts to gain influence in the Middle East. And really, the Middle Eastern countries in, in question are all looking at Afghanistan. Afghanistan and the withdrawal is the lesson they learned about how unserious this administration is. How? unwilling it is to defend American interests, how little it cares about the Middle East, and everybody from Saudi Arabia to Iraq is making their calculations accordingly. You'll notice the Saudis are not helping us. We're in the middle of this oil crunch. We're looking at $6 gas nationwide right now, and it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. The Saudis were supposed to help us. They're supposed to pump more oil when we have an oil crunch like that, and they just refused. They're in bad blood with the Biden administration. They don't like Joe Biden. He doesn't like them. He insulted them early on, so the Saudis stepped back and said, you guys are on your own. Everybody is making their calculations based on what uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal taught them about the Biden administration.
0: Any idea how much oil we receive from Iraq?
8: Iraq is not a major supplier for us in in terms of Saudi Arabia or Canada. We get a lot of oil from Canada. It's not top three, but it could be. It could be more. They have resources. They could be explored. We could have done more to secure supply and refining capacity. Remember, refining capacity is a huge part of the reason we have trouble getting gasoline. It has to be refined, and we don't have enough capacity to handle it. We could have been making investments for years in building up refining infrastructure and securing more oil from places like Iraq, but we haven't done that, and that really goes back for for many years now. We didn't take the oil, as they say. You know, we we didn't seize it, but we didn't really buy it either. We bought some, but we left a lot of it there for China to grab.
0: Wow, uh, this is interesting. I, we're we're up against a break right now, and uh, I so I don't want to launch into another question. But on the other side of the break, I really want to ask about Afghanistan as well. We're talking with John Hayward. He is the national security deputy editor at Breitbart News. About China's Belt and Road Initiative and how it's got its tentacles in countries all over the globe. And Iraq is just one of the latest ones. And we're going to continue this conversation on the other side of this very short break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Do us a favor, though, while we're gone and uh, share us with a friend, and then come right back.
4: The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
7: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th, and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is Empowering You to Homeschool Joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com
0: praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain so good to be on with you praise be to god john hayward is our guest he is a uh, national uh security deputy editor for breitbart news and he's joining us to talk about china's belt and road initiative john i was just away for four days driving from texas to alabama and back and, uh, you know, the gas prices aren't – they're not bad compared to places like California or New Jersey or whatever. But, it, I mean, I think the cheapest gas I got on the road was $4.05 a gallon, and that was at a Walmart outside of Long Beach or outside of uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. And, uh, and that's the best pricing in the country right now. That seems rather insane to me
8: the national average is now i believe in the 450 range and that of course is pulled up by california as you mentioned they have very high gas prices there's other places where it's lower the national average is hitting record highs every day now we're getting a new high it goes up by another penny or a couple pennies and it's the highest it's ever been and now we're getting into the season where it usually gets more expensive this is the time of the year the big summer drive season begins with memorial day vacations and so on happen this is when gas prices traditionally go up quite a bit, and all the pieces are in place for the national average to pass $6 a gallon. I think $6 a gallon is an important milestone. When the national average gets past $6, when we're all paying the prices California is paying right now, that will begin permanently changing us, that it's deliberate, this is what liberals want, this is what Democrats want, it will begin changing the country, and President Biden said so, he blatantly said so, explicitly said so yesterday, he said that these high gas prices are part of a wonderful transformation that we're all going through, and we're going to be so much better when we come out on the other side of it, this is being done to you on purpose, never doubt it for a second, this is a desired goal, and at $6 a gallon, your life changes forever, there are things you will not do anymore, there are jobs you won't take, There are businesses that will fold up and disappear. There are opportunities that will vanish. You will be smaller as a people when you hit $6 gas, and your government will be much bigger. And that is a desirable outcome for the people doing this to you.
0: I was, you know, today Davos is back in style. I mean, the team is getting back together. The band is getting back together in Switzerland. And I was thinking of uh, Greta Thunberg and her you know, infamous speech uh, about uh, them destroying the world for her generation. And uh, and I don't really relate to Greta all that much. I don't uh, don't agree with her politics or her view uh, on much. But I'll say this, you know, she's right in that you get a lot of these uh, elites that uh, talk about the numbers, talk about the environment and... You know, but they, they the, one of their solutions is well i 'll just pay for carbon credits i'll just it 's okay if country X is destroying the planet as so long as I feel good about myself at night you know it is there 's a certain level of hypocrisy in this in that, and like to bring this back to China, China's gobbling up all these fossil fuels, whereas we are putting our hopes and dreams into solar and wind that is failing to provide for our energy needs, and we're ultimately going to need these fossil fuels anyway, is it going to be a day late and a dollar short?
8: Well, yeah, exactly right. The green energy stuff doesn't work. It's not in any way a replacement for fossil fuels, coal power, nuclear Mm -hmm. power. It's ridiculous. It's It's a boutique distraction. It will never be more than that. And the Chinese are delighted. To see us doing this. They're they're laughing themselves sick. They can't believe how easy it is for them to get away with this. You'll have a meeting like Davos, you'll have a climate change conference, and you know how it goes. All these private jets fly in and they, they yeah. dump fifty-two billion tons of carbon in the atmosphere, and then all these rich panjandrums swonk around and they have dinners and spend a ton of money, and then they talk about how much they care about the environment. And China will usually show up at meetings like this. Some representative of China comes and they say, We totally believe in climate change. We applaud you. This is something Something we can work together on. We're going to save the world together. And then the Chinese muffle their laughter as they go home and dig record amounts of coal. They're, they're ripping coal out of every square inch of the planet. They've got a five-year plan that they just put in place that builds more coal power plants across China and across the third world. They can't believe how easy it is to bamboozle us and to turn the climate change movement into a weapon against Western prosperity and Western industry. We're committing suicide, and they're just sitting back as their smokestacks belch filth into the air. You can't see the sky in Beijing. Remember the Beijing Winter Olympics? People were like, gee, why is it so cloudy there? Those aren't clouds, that's smog, and they're going to fulfill all their industrial goals, and they're just beside themselves. They can't believe how easy it is to just watch us slit our own throats while they take over the world.
0: Now, I, I don't want that for us either. I don't want smog in our big cities either, but it seems like totally irresponsible uh, to to pursue a policy. That essentially is going to put all power. I mean, if. How much of the world's energy resources does China actually control? Do you know?
8: Well, China is currently the largest uh, customer of fossil fuels and coal out there. So in terms of what they're buying and what they directly control, I think you put it together and you've got them as being now the preeminent consumer of industrial fuels on the planet. They have a goal of becoming the biggest economy in the world within the next five to seven years, and it's pretty much on track. I think the the pandemic scrambled all the calculations, so we're really just getting back to the the plan here, but they will become the world's world's major industrial and commercial power within the next decade, most likely, according to current trajectories. So they have an enormous appetite for fossil fuels and also for various minerals, which they've cornered the market on. That's one of the reasons they're in Afghanistan. China has a huge presence in Afghanistan after the Taliban takeover. They're delighted with how that went. They want to grab all of Afghanistan's minerals, which we never got around to. And one of the reasons is because it's very difficult to run an operation like that in Afghanistan. It's a very unstable place. And Iraq is also politically unstable. But China goes into environments like this and says, we'll bring stability. We'll do things the U.S. wouldn't do, and we won't hassle you about human rights. Very important component of China's outreach program to develop its influence in these countries. When we go to a country like Iraq, we say, you have to have a democracy and respect human rights and respect freedom of speech and respect women's rights and so on. We have very high standards, and we try to hold them to those standards. China goes in and says, we could care less what you do to your own people. We put people in concentration camps. China has slavery. They don't care what you do to your people. As long as you stay in power and you fulfill your obligations to China and give us what we want, you go ahead and kill everybody you want. We don't care. And that's, that's a message that a lot of governments in the least want to hear. And it can lead them to create a more stable environment because they'll do things we would never countenance doing to get there.
1: Now Afghanistan now is is led by the the Taliban. They have established their own, their own government there, and I remember in your article you mentioned that the Taliban uh, are working directly with the Chinese officials to bring in you know the infrastructure and uh, help them sort things out there. I believe they were building a, a pretty massive factory out in Afghanistan. Is, are, are there any concerns on on behalf of the Chinese that the the Taliban will be kind of an unstable force that they might not? fill their end of the bargain.
8: Yes, and China does have a specific concern with respect to the Taliban. There are militants of many kinds harbored in Afghanistan, as we know. That's why we went there after 9-11, because the Afghanistan government was harboring Al-Qaeda, and many other Islamist militants find shelter there. And Some of the groups that the Taliban is harboring are inimical to China. They don't like the Chinese government, they're separatist groups, they're interested in cross-border mischief. And China has made it very clear to the Taliban that the price of doing business with us is to restrain those groups. If you let them run wild and become a security threat in China, we will deal with them, and you aren't going to like what we do. And that's been their message to the Taliban so far. So far, it looks like the Taliban has kept those groups pretty well under control. There hasn't really been a lot of cross-border terrorism or shenanigans going on along the Chinese border. Now, there are other countries that do have beasts with the Taliban. Uh, Tajikistan, for example, is very unhappy with the Taliban government. They say there's been a lot of cross-border mischief. The the Taliban isn't interested in stopping, but they do seem interested in securing the Chinese border. Pakistan, very unhappy with the Taliban, because there's a lot of of hijinks going on across the border. Militant groups allied with the Taliban in Pakistan are opposed to the Pakistani government. They want to knock it over and create an Islamic emirate in, in Pakistan. So everybody but China seems a little unhappy with the Taliban that lives next door to them, and China so far seems to be getting along pretty well with the Taliban.
0: I'm surprised Taliban don't have more issues about the Uyghurs being enslaved in China.
8: You know, you would think they might, but that is one of the big stories of the Uyghur genocide, is that China was able to buy off a lot of Muslim countries with belt and road money, with political influence, with behind-the-scenes deals. However they did it, they were able to get actually a majority of Muslim-controlled countries. It, it's a slim majority, but a majority of Muslim governments in the world are okay with what the China are, is doing to the Uyghurs. At least they have agreed not to criticize them. Some of them openly support what China has done. Under the Uyghurs. They say they're a security threat. You did what you had to do. We would have done the same thing, basically. And China has concentration camps, which you can see from orbit, that the Uyghurs have been marched into, and they're being killed and re-educated, deprogrammed from believing in Islam. They're, they're just being wiped out as a people. And more than half of the Muslim governments in the world are okay with it. And that's very concerning to human rights groups, obviously very concerning to Uighur groups, that so many Muslim states do not have their backs.
0: We're just down to a couple minutes now with John Hayward from Breitbart. What's the lasting implications for the United States, for the West, if China gets to continue to dominate the world in fossil fuels?
8: Well, obviously China would would increase its control over the supply. And as we were just saying, all this green energy stuff is no substitute for having a reliable energy. It's a boutique distraction. It can't replace what we need nuclear power and fossil fuels for. And as you know, nuclear power kind of a non-starter in the United States particularly. The environmental movement doesn't like it. We haven't been building nuclear capacity. If we start now, it would take a while to do it. So we really need fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. And if China becomes in control, not just a big customer of fossil fuels, but they actually control the supply, that gives them more leverage against us. If we do something the Chinese government doesn't like, then they can go to governments they have a tremendous degree of influence with, and they can say, cut off the U.S. oil supply, and they would do it. You know, they look at what's happening to us now. They would have the ability to make those oil prices worse whenever it suited China's political objectives, and they absolutely would do that. They would not hesitate. China is a great believer in using economic leverage as a means of projecting its power. They call it hard power, people that have studied it, uh, soft power, and then sharp power. Sharp power is what China likes. That's where they use economic leverage to force foreign companies and private industries to do what China wants them to do. And oil could very much be a part of that sharp power strategy
0: in the years to come all right praise be to god well i wish it was better news but it's important to stay up to date on this and john uh, john hayward from national uh from the breitbart news outlet national security deputy editor there thank you for your time today check out his article over at breitbart.com it's called two decades after iraq war began china colonizes iraq's oil fields very enlightening john have a great day thank you again
8: Thank you very much for having me, you
0: too. All right. That is going to do it for uh, this hour of Catholic Drive Time. More still to come coming up after this very short top-of-the-hour break. We're going to have a great second hour. If you're at all able to join us, we'd love to have you. You can always hang out live with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We have our game show with prizes at stake. We have uh, a lot more and good news and headlines and saints of the day, gospel, all of that's still to come. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Otherwise,
5: we are a young and diverse generation helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God who loves us, even when we fall, and cheers on our victory. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at catholicscomehome.com. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu.
7: Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com men, it's time.
4: Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first in facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th. The weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, I'm Peter Lombardi, owner of Visiting Angels Senior Home Care. You are listening to KSHJ AM 1430 in Houston. Radio for your soul.
0: Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Good morning. We just wrapped up a great conversation with John Hayward from Breitbart, talking about China's Belt and Road Initiative that has its tentacles, I mean, in every continent on the planet, really. And it's going to have lasting complications and consequences for us. And unfortunately, under the current circumstances of policy, I don't see it getting any better. But uh, we have have options. We can pray fast. Do penance when the world suffers through these things. We can pray fast and do penance. Praise be to God. But uh, in this hour, we're going to have a great hour for you. We're looking forward to it. I'm trying to get used to being back in the saddle. And obviously, being away for two shows means they change everything while I'm gone. (laughs) I mean, I walked in this morning and the furniture was rearranged. And... Adrian's got the entire production thing switched up, so I'm just like, I need more coffee. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. It's good to have you back. And uh, it, just wait. Don't, why do you, why do you say that with air quotes? Don't. It's good to have you back. Air quotes. Uh, why, you, you, why you haven't you been say that into way? your office, have you? No. I, I, <laughs> done, I can't wait to
1: see. Yeah, what's, we can't wait. What's changed you go in into office. your office? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I maybe I won't.
0: Maybe I won't do that. Well, wow. do you guys have a good show? A couple shows? While it was yeah, coming?
1: it was great. We had Brent on on Friday, and we had Jesus Robles and his friend, uh, is it Pepe? Pe- Pedro? Pepe. Pepe? What was it? Pepe. Oh, Pepe. Brought in a puppet yesterday, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah. Those guys are great. I <laughs> oh, love yeah. Brent. Love, hey, I just noticed
0: we got our statue Jesus back. Robles.
1: Woohoo! Yeah, we got our, our statue back, and uh, it's good to good to have our the scourged
0: Jesus is back. So here's the thing, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Jesus Robles gave mm-hmm. me the scoop. Okay, he mm-hmm. said yeah. that in honor of mm-hmm. June. Oh. Which you know, June is a very important month it dedicated is? to very important things. Yes, namely June. The, the no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no the <laughs> Sacred Heart of Jesus. <laughs> Where's the button? and so he's going to be giving us a statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to put in the studio. Wow! Nice. So he's uh, he told me that, and uh, that I'm on. excited. So because tomorrow mm-hmm. we're talking to Ryan Grant about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Yes. So that's all. That, that's out. all. All of June. Just forget about whatever it is that uh, people are trying to shove down your throat, and instead yes. we can focus
0: on the Sacred Heart. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not about the spread of monkeypox, okay? It's not. It's about the Sacred Heart of Christ. And uh, by God's grace, we'll have a great show tomorrow. And looking forward to a be- another beautiful statue from our friend Jesus Robles. And I'm very grateful to Brentaines and Jesus for pitching in while I was away, taking my daughter and her friend to a discernment retreat at a convent, a Dominican monastery in Marbury, Alabama. Beautiful piece of property, by the way, hundred really? acres. Oof. And uh, got to see Mother all habited up in her uh, on the other side of the grill, which was really, really cool, <laughs> which is super cool to do that. I mean, was it uh, like a sound of music? Were they all singing? Oh, mother, In fact, we listened to some sound of music. Oh, we listened to the 50th anniversary of the sound of Mu- music soundtrack on the way home. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Hey, did you fish while you were out there? Uh, I should have. I didn't want to deal with getting the license. But oh, it's funny, when we license. were in... Uh, we hiked at Oak Mountain, National yeah, Oak Mountain cool. State Park, which is south of Birmingham, by about 15 minutes or so. Great place. A beautiful place. Hot as the Dickens, but man, it was so awesome. We did two hikes, saw all the birds the animals that they have there on display. And they have some rescues there, praise be to God. So that was super cool. And then we hiked down to the Peavine Gorge, the Peavine Falls, which at this time of year is not much of a fall. It really it's is more a, of a trickle. A pea vine. <laughs> we put a lot of effort into getting down to that that, that tiny little trickle, oh. and I stuck my head in it because it was like refreshing, and it was the it was like a it's like sheer wall trying to climb out. It was pretty <laughs> pretty intense, but worth worth it all the way. Praise be to God. And then of course on Sunday we went to Holy Mass at Blessed Sacrament Parish there in Birmingham, and uh, not in the greatest neighborhood. I'm gonna be honest with you, pretty rough neighborhood. Yeah. However, the church was. Exquisite and beautiful. Really, really cool. Super cool. And uh, a big crowd, too. Praise be to God for what was supposed to be a low mass turned out to be a high mass. Heard you had a celebrity there. We did. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior Jesus I was going to say our Lord and yeah. Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, those Latin mass parishes, they
1: put them in the worst areas.
0: Uh, well, this church looks like it's been there for a long time, and so probably the neighborhood deteriorated around it versus the other way around. But uh, it's an exquisite and beautiful place. And it looks like there was a Carmelite the convent attached to it, too. So that nice. was super nice. But uh, at any rate, great weekend. We're back. We end up uh, staying at the beach in uh, Mississippi, where I saw fish jumping, leaping out of the water. Did you catch it? I, I, it was so close. Adrian caught one. It was so close. I did see pictures of Adrian's fishing. I caught a fish. A fish. Uh, did you fish. keep it? No. Threw it back in. It's too
2: small. What? My grandpa caught Look. 13 fish, though.
3: Oh, your, I caught your one. grandpa's the man. So I'm like
2: <laughs> kind of uh, you know. Grandpa's a the man. That's awesome. There Praise go, be folks. to God.
0: All right. Time to pray. We're going to jump in. We have good news, saying the day, gospel day. And then, of course, we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, all that uh, coming up in this hour. Plus, we have an after show for you where we'll get more casual and you get to drive that conversation. Make sure to hang out with us on our live video feed at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Good morning, thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time.
1: Here is your good news story for the day. Breitbart reports, Florida launches initiative to assist hometown heroes with purchasing their first home. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday announced the state's Hometown Heroes initiative designed to help hometown heroes, such as police officers and paramedics, to purchase their first home by assisting with down payments and closing costs. The governor made the announcement during the press conference at uh, Cape Coral Police Department detailing the $100 million program to assist with home ownership. He said, We want to make sure that those frontline workers, people we consider to be hometown heroes, are able to not only work and serve in the community, but uh, but do so where they're able to afford things like buying their first home, DeSantis said. This $100 million program will provide down payment and closing cost assistance to more than 50 different professions when buying their first home, he said, noting that it includes all sworn law enforcement officers, paramedics, firefighters, EMTs, 911 operators, correctional operators, probation, juvenile detention officers, teachers, child care operators, and daycare instructors, registered nurses, home health aides, as well as health care practitioners. Wow, he's really sweetening the pot here. If you're somebody. That is here serving our community in those vital, vital roles. You now have the ability uh, through our own, our hometown heroes program to get assistance to be able to purchase your first home, he said, adding that all military veterans and all active duty service members who are moving to the state of Florida and all surviving spouses of deceased veterans will also qualify for the program, regardless if they are a first time homebuyer. DeSantis added that his administration's continued support of first responders included promoting signing bonuses for police officers and standing against defunding the police. And he says that really sends a signal that this is the place to be for safe communities.
2: And that's really good news. God love you. I've turned the mic on. The saint of the day is King St. David I of Scotland. He was born in 1085. St. David was the youngest son of King Malcolm III of Scotland and his wife, Margaret, who herself is in fact a saint. He contributed enormously to setting up and civilizing the and religious institutions in Scotland. Although David spent most of his childhood in Scotland, he was educated for some years in the Anglo-Norman court in England. When his brother, brother Alexander ascended to the throne of Scotland in 1107, David became Prince of Cumbria. He married Matilda, daughter of Waldief, Earl of Northampton in Huntington, and thus became an English Earl. As Prince of Cumbria, he was entitled to an inheritance of Southern Scotland. Upon Alexander's death, David reluctantly became King of Scots in 1124. He brought with him many knights and courtiers from Norman England, many of whom became the future aristocrats and even kings of Scotland, including Bruce, Balliol, and Fritz Allen, who later became the steward kings. King David oversaw the continuing development of the Scottish state and the organization of Christianity within it. He set up royal burgs St- in Stirling, Perth, and Dunfermline, and founded bishoprics at Brecon, Dunblane, and Cathins, Ross, and Aberdeen. He also endowed monasteries, including Augustinian canons at Holyrood, Cistercians at Melrose, and Benedictines at Dunfermline. This period of Scottish history has been known as the Davidian Revolution. When Queen Matilda died, he gave even more attention to religious matters, reciting the Divine Office every day. He exercised holy, civilizing influence upon his family and upon the nation. David himself died in 1153 and was buried at Dunferlin, where his saintly cult continued until the 16th century century Protestant Revolution. The early assessments of him noted him as, quote, king, not barbarous of a barbarous nation, but wisely tempered the fierceness of his barbarous nations. He was frequent in washing the feet of the poor, which can be read literally as his mother, the Saint Margaret of Scotland, was well known to do. He was also described as having... His rule having the whole barbarity of the nation was softened, as if forgetting their natural fierceness. They submitted their necks to the laws which the royal gentleness dictated. He died in 1153. King Saint
0: David I of Scotland, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 through 29. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers." Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rain fell and the, and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, and not as the scribes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, quote, Rain, when it is put to denote any evil, is understood as the darkness of superstition. Rumors of men are compared to winds. The flood signifies the lust of the flesh, as it were, flowing over the land. And because what is brought on by prosperity is broken off by adversity, None of these things does he fear who has his house founded upon a rock, that is, who not only hears the command of the Lord, but who does it also. And in all these he submits himself to danger, who who hears and does not. For no man confirms in himself what the Lord commands or himself hears, but by doing it. But it should be noted that when he said, he that heareth these words of mine, he shows plainly enough that this sermon is made complete by all those precepts by which the Christian life is formed, so that with good reason they that desire to live according to them may be compared to the one that builds upon a rock. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find?
2: Yes, real quickly, there's a number of things from Cornelius Lapide, but one thing in particular that I thought was very interesting. I was going to talk about something else, but this actually seems... More interesting. So, Cornelius lapide here, talking about Calvin, he says, he, At any rate, up to the present time, there is no case on record in which it can be shown that anyone who had even the habitual gift has wrought a miracle for the confirmation of heresy or false doctrine. Unless we choose to allow that Calvin, pretending in confirmation of his heresy, to raise a supposed dead man to life who was really alive, God, to punish the deceit, Cause the man to die, but all such miracles as it as it were an indication of perfidy condemn heresy and confirm the true faith. I thought this was very interesting because I didn't know this was a thing that happened during that time period. Because uh, Cornelius Lapide would have been around the same time period, and he would have uh, known this. Uh, so apparently Calvin claimed to have resurrected somebody in proof that he was a true prophet and had miracles confirming what things he was saying. And so he allegedly rose a man to life that was just pretending to be dead. But then God, wanting to prove beyond a doubt that it was, in fact, a false teaching, he killed the guy that allegedly he rose from the dead. And so I'm like, whoa, that's pretty epic. Anyway, I was going to talk about other things more profound, but I thought that was a more interesting story, so I'll leave it at that.
0: (laughs) All right, praise be to God. All right, time to play our game show. Fear and Trimmeling, it's up next. You could win. It's possible. We have some cool prizes to give away this week. So what I need for you to do right now is to pick up a phone and dial 877-757-9424. If you've never played, it's fun, I promise. Good time, 877-757-9424. Call right now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424.
4: Call right now. We'll be right back.
6: Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on rule number six never be afraid to say i don't know when asked a question about your faith don't try to wing it however always follow i don't know with but i will find out and get back to you and make sure you do a beacon of truth in a troubled world this is the guadalupe
3: radio network radio for your soul
0: Joe McLean. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas. But I can't tell you what they are, and I don't want you to Spread that around anyway. Until we get a phone call because we need a contestant to play our game. And so those phone lines are wide open. If you've never played, what an opportunity. First caller gets to play the game at 877-757-942 for a call right now. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877 757 9424 call now and uh we'll play our game. But in the meantime, let me just share with you if you promise not to tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. That's the deal, all right? Number 1, we like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something about the Catholic faith that you did not know before praise be to God. And then of course, number 2, we like to have a good time. We like to laugh. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. Praise be to God. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me explain. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, but we do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know. They could not know a single correct answer and still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, we will ask Rudy or Adrian. And uh, one of them will give us a correct answer. The other one will give us an incorrect answer. And then the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? May the Sacred Heart of our Blessed Lord reign in every heart and
1: in every nation. June is coming up, and June is the month of the Sacred Heart. So to spread devotion to this heart which has so loved men that it spared nothing even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify its love, we are giving away mm. a beautiful Sacred Heart Ooh. keepsake container. It's made out of brass, I believe. That's cool. And I uh, want to thank the Queen of Crown's shop. They offer a large selection of Sacred Heart and decorative crown reproductions. Many of their Sacred Hearts are open to reveal a space to place a prayer or notes of gratitude and thanks all in an old-world style that lends itself to a rustic European feel. Please check out their website and get one for yourself at queenofcrowns.com. Thank you so much, Queen of Crowns.
0: Yes, praise be to God. Thank you, queenofcrowns.com, for your generous gift to give away to one of our listeners this week. By the way, full phone lines. I mean, they just blew up. Praise (laughs) be to God. If you don't get on today, call back early tomorrow. You'll get your chance. But let's go to the phone lines. Hope, good morning to you.
3: Good
0: morning. I was wondering where there was hope in the world, and now I know. Here you are. <laughs> yes. Praise be to God. Where are you calling from, Hope? San
9: Antonio, Texas.
0: The great city of San Antonio, Texas. Not great just because I went to school there. It has other reasons for being great. Don't you agree? It's great despite the fact definitely, that Joe was there.
4: Definitely, definitely.
0: It's <laughs> place to live. <laughs> where, where do you go to church, Hope? St.
4: Leonard's.
0: St. Leonard's. Praise be to God. I think this is the first St. Leonard's call. St. Leonard of had, Port Maurice? Said. Is it St. Yeah. Leonard? Oh, wonderful. I love St. Leonard yes. of Port Maurice. Praise be to God. Even though he's a Franciscan. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a second. All right, Hope. Are, are you familiar with this game? Do you know how the rules work?
4: Yes. I, I do.
0: Okay. Praise God. Well, then you know I'm on your side, and it's mm-hmm, you and I mm-hmm. against the, the trickies mm-hmm, over here. Mm-hmm. Are you yes. ready to play, Hope? Are you ready to I play? Am. All right. Praise God. I Back in the saddle. Here we go. We're going to start with Rudy first, as is our custom, our tradition, our, our patrimony. Did you guys, did you start yesterday too while I was gone? What do you mean? Did Were you the first to, who 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 hosted yesterday? Oh, yeah, that was me. That you, was, well, you, no, no that yesterday was that was Jesus. Jesus, did he start <laughs> with you? I'm just curious. No, he didn't. <laughs> he broke the tradition. He, he broke, broke the tradition. tradition. Yikes. Yeah, it was a, a <laughs> rupture of continuity. Yes, it was. <laughs> Let's get back to the hermeneutic of continuity. How about that? <laughs> mm, All right, Rudy, good morning to you. Are you ready, sir? Good morning, Joe. I am so ready. Oh. That's good. Are you sure? I'm ready. Um, are you sure, Joe? Do you have a, Do you have something wrong with your ears? No, actually. <laughs> I got other problems, but that ain't one of them. <laughs> All right, let's start. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me which of the apostles had a name never used before Christ named him so?
1: Ah, yes. Our blessed Lord had a. A knack for renaming people, but the mm-hmm. one person who wasn't renamed mm-hmm. was Peter, St. Peter, Kefa.
0: Oh, okay. yeah. So Kepha, Peter is your answer. That's correct. All right. Let's 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 see what Bob has to say. Hey, Bob, good morning to you. Bob? Bob? We're renaming uh, people today. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna, your new name is Bob. Congratulations. That's not what my title says right Bobby. here. <laughs> Adrian, can you tell me? Which of the apostles had a name that was never used before Christ decided to name him that? Hmm. An apostle? Mm Mm-hmm. So that got a new name. Yes. Never was called that before. Never.
2: Yeah, that would have been Andrew. Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: I didn't know Andrew was so exclusive. He was. He was was one of the only people. Incredible. All right. Well, Hope, you got choices. Is it Andrew, as uh, Bob seems to think? Who's Bob? (laughs) <laughs> or is it Peter, or Kefa? if you're really being cool, as Rudy seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Hope, what say you? I, I'm going to go with Rudy. <clears throat> seems reasonable to me. Hmm. Seems reasonable. Wise. <laughs> so wise. wise. <laughs> Kefa. Yeah, that was a name reserved for God, actually. Those San the Antonians, rock. man. I'm going to tell you. So pretty profound name. One of his apostles, uh, The Rock. Praise be to God. Congratulations. You're in. You could win. It's possible. We're going to go to this next question, and I think it's pretty straightforward. You should, this shouldn't be a problem for you, Hope. We're going to start with okay. R- Adrian this time. Not Bob? Not Bob. Well, that, okay. was, that was the Making last sure. question. I'm confused. Yes. That's, that's part of the agenda. But anyway, uh, can you tell me, okay, what is the most serious censure of mm. the church that is
2: possible? Yes. The most serious censure of the church. Mm-hmm. The bishop mm-hmm. comes out yeah. in his full regalia. Whoa! He looks to his left. Yeah. He looks to his right. Uh-huh. And he declares you excommunicate and anathema.
0: Really? So excommunication. Whew. Mm-hmm. That's pretty big. Mad facts. That's that's ooch. All right. Hey, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the most serious censure of the church that is possible? Now, most people think
1: it's excommunication, and it's pretty severe. Certainly some do. But there's actually something past that, what? which is called, it's referring to the scriptures, the millstone. It's called millstonation. Those people who scandalize people so much, they get a millstone tied to their neck. Like and a real it, one? Yeah, and they get tossed into the ocean. Oh, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, big, it's a big market for the millstones. I mean, I, if you think about it. Wow. Who uses the millstone <laughs> Mind blown. These days, right? Mind
0: but, blown. I'm just curious. Who does the tossing? Uh, the Pope. Wow. Yeah, the Pope does it. He tosses the millstone attached to the person. Yep. It's,
1: it's more of a lever, really. He Have just you, lets the lever down. and like, oh, I going to say. He's leather. not that strong. Have you seen Have you the seen Pope? Him? I'm yeah, just curious. He's like hobbling around. <laughs> he's but. like...
0: You know, 80-some years old, not a yeah, great God. help. No okay. no. okay, okay. Well, It's a lever. Uh, well, a Hope, you've got choices here again. It, the most serious center of the church, is it millstonation, as Rudy says, or is it excommunication, as Adrian says? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Hope, what say you? I'm not sure about
9: this one, but I think I'm going to go with ag
0: I masterfully put.
9: <laughs> oh,
0: I would not bet against you. You have like a poker quality to you there, Hope. Truly, <laughs> like, ooh, truly, she man. is a
2: brilliant woman. Oh, uh, yeah. Clearly, I mean, look at the way she uh, She, she, was she went with, to, she she agree went with you. me, so obviously, a
0: very brilliant woman. Well, I mean, to, to do so with, with humility and not, you know, just amazing hope. I'm just so blown away by that. You think but we you should are correct.
1: Do? Yeah, you think we should do milcination, by the way? <laughs> just, do I
0: do don't think? know that milcination, I don't think the Pope is capable of tossing anybody. Just, I'm going to be honest with you. It may throw us back out. He could say, he's got enough problems. Welcome to Millstone Nation, as he pushes the Did we off. say it just like that? Yeah. All right. Okay. Hey, let's go for three today. I'm going to say easiest question of the day, Hope. You got this. I'm going to say it's the
2: hardest question we've ever had. Really? Okay. This ever? Is easily the hardest question we've ever had in the history of Catholic drive
0: Time. Well, it's hardly the easiest, but it's easily the easiest today. Wow, that was, was me. That, that clear? made that clear? Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, Rudy, can you tell me, what is the term for one who performs the rite of expelling demons from possessed persons?
1: Mm, yes. Commonly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. You should not mm-hmm. attempt this as a layperson. Yes. A specific Agreed. priest gets to do this. Don't attempt to do it. You're going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. And that is the right of
0: exorcism. Or rather, an exorcist does the right of exorcism. Got it got it exorcist okay uh, hey Adrian can hey you tell me what is the term for one who performs the right of expelling demons from possessed persons
2: you might think exorcist because you watch a lot of movies but in reality it's mm-hmm. actually the porter because you know it refers to doors so you're kicking them out oh, the oh, door okay so
0: you would be a porter a porter one of the minor orders you're busting down the door mm-hmm. get out mm-hmm. okay matter of facts okay well, My Hope, husband. is it the porter, as Adrian says, or the exorcist, as Rudy says? 15 seconds on the clock. Who was right? Who was wrong? Hope from San Antonio, what say you?
1: I say Rudy.
0: Survey says yes. 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 Perfect score, Hope. Congratulations. Well played, madam. My hope is well restored. Well
9: played.
5: Awesome. I'm excited.
0: Praise be to God. You'll have to tune in Friday to see if it's God's holy will that you should win your name come out of the coffee cup at Divine Providence. But you did great. We enjoyed having you on. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a blessed day as well. All right, We're going to put you on hold. Hope don't go anywhere. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you can hang out with us in the after show, and I'll tell you about a book on demon possession, fighting Satan, coming up in the after show. God love you.
6: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
5: Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
9: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate Tuesday, the sixth week of Easter. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio Oh God, beyond all praising, we worship you today. And sing the love amazing that songs cannot repay. For we can only wonder at every gift you send at blessings without number and mercies without end. We lift our hearts before you and wait upon your word. We honor and adore you our great and mighty Lord.
3: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
9: Lord, have mercy.
3: Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. mercy. Lord, have mercy.
9: Lord, have mercy.
3: Let us pray. Grant almighty and merciful God that we may in truth receive a share in the resurrection of Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen.
9: Reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the crowd in Philippi joined in the attack on Paul and Silas, and the magistrates had them stripped and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After inflicting many blows on them, they threw them into prison and instructed the jailer to guard them securely. When he received these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and secured their feet to a stake. At about midnight, while Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God as the prisoners listened, there was suddenly such a severe earthquake that the foundations of the jail shook. All the doors flew open, and the chains of all were pulled loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself thinking that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted out in a loud voice, Do no harm to yourself. We are all here. He asked for a light and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you and your household will be saved. So they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to everyone in his house. He took them in at that hour of the night and bathed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized at once. He brought them up into his house and provided a meal, and with his household rejoiced at having come to faith in God. The word of the Lord.
3: Thanks be to God.
9: Your your right hand saves me, O Lord. Your, your right, right hand, hand saves me, O Lord. Lord. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart, for you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels I will sing your praise. I will worship at your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Your, your right, right hand, hand saves me, me O Lord. Lord. Because of your kindness and your truth, You have made great above all things your name and your promise. When I called, you answered me. You build up strength within me. Your Your right right hand hand saves me, O Lord. Lord. Your right hand saves me. The Lord will complete what he has done for me. Your kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of your hands.
3: Your Your right right hand hand saves me, O
9: Lord. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. I will send you the Spirit of Truth, says the Lord. He will guide you to all truth. Alleluia, Alleluia.
3: The Lord be with you.
9: And with your spirit.
3: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
9: Glory Glory to you, O Lord.
3: Jesus said to his disciples, now I am going to the one who sent me. And not one of you asks me, where are you going? But because I told you this, grief has filled your hearts. But I tell you the truth. It is better for you that I go. For if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world in regard to sin and righteousness and condemnation. Sin, because they do not believe in me. Righteousness, because I am going to the Father, and you will no longer see me. Condemnation, because the ruler of this world has been condemned. The Gospel of the Lord.
9: Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
3: Today's Gospel, we hear Jesus telling his disciples that it would be better for them if he goes, because if he goes, he will send to them the paraclete, or the advocate, the Holy Spirit. I always imagine if we placed ourselves in the shoes of the disciples in that moment, we probably would all protest and would have said, Lord Jesus, it is not better for you that for us that you go. Uh, we want you to stay here and be with us always. Please don't go precisely. But I think in order to understand well the reason why Jesus says it's better for him to go is for us to truly have an appreciation and understanding for what the powerful role of the Holy Spirit is in our life and in the life of the church. Many ways in the economy of salvation, we can say the primary role of the Holy Spirit, quite simply, is to make Jesus Christ present. It happened in a remarkable way at the Annunciation that with the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Mary conceived and Jesus was conceived within her. And then with the birth of the church, with the Holy Spirit as the soul of the church, every sacramental celebration is really at the invocation of the Holy Spirit a recreation, a representation of the ministry of Jesus Christ to the people of today. In fact in a special way at every Mass we know at the invocation of the Holy Spirit the priest calls upon the Holy Spirit and the bread and wine are changed into the body and blood of Christ. In other words this role of making Jesus present in the world is something which the Holy Spirit continues even to this day wherever the church is. To that end we can say for us living here in Corpus Christi, Texas, had we been here 2,000 years ago or whatever it would have been called at that time, our chances of meeting Jesus would have been none. There would have been no opportunity to meet him because he was in Palestine million or thousands of miles away, there would have been no opportunity to meet him. But now in the economy of the church, in the sacramental economy that God has established, wherever the church is present, wherever the power of the Holy Spirit is flourishing in the celebration of the sacraments to make that one ministry of Jesus Christ present, we now have access to Jesus in all places, in all times, wherever we are through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in this way, we today can say we are able to encounter the living presence of the risen Lord Jesus through the sacramental celebration of this Mass because of the power of the Holy Spirit and our opportunity to encounter the Lord in that way. And in that sense, it is better that Jesus went. So with the sending forth of the Spirit from the Father and the Son, now the Lord Jesus is present in all places at all times wherever these sacraments are celebrated in the life of the church. And further we should also add that the presence of Jesus now is going to become something which is also meant to be interior to the life of the disciple. Whereas Jesus in a way was exterior to his disciples who were present with him and who he was guiding and teaching along the way, now in a special way with the celebration of the sacrament of Holy Communion Uh, We Catholics believe in the indwelling of God within us that the Holy Spirit, through the power and the life of Jesus Christ, is able to transform us interiorly so that we would become living images of God, that we would truly be conformed to the likeness and image of the one true Son, Jesus Christ, and that in doing so, in the power of this transformation, we would reach our heavenly destiny to live as the adopted sons and daughters of the Father in heaven. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward in this celebration of the sacred mass, let us give thanks to God for this amazing gift that he has given us, that we are able to truly encounter the Lord Jesus in this sacramental celebration of the mass. And let us ask that this great work of the Holy Spirit to transform us into Jesus, to make us holy, would take place every day of our life, and that this process would continue until it be perfected in us. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father and for all bishops for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
3: We pray for all government leaders, that they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that would protect and safeguard the dignity of life at every phase, and laws which would never contradict the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, Lord, hear our prayer.
3: We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord. Lord, hear our prayer.
3: We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayer, for those joining us online and through radio, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer. We
3: pray that we would always be open to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to sanctify us and to make us more like Jesus. We pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, Lord, hear our prayer.
3: And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord.
9: Lord, hear our prayer.
3: Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord.
9: Amen. Love divine, all love's excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us your humble dwelling all your faithful mercies crown. Jesus, source of all, compassion, love unbounded, love all pure, visit us with your salvation, let your love in us endure.
3: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father.
9: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church.
3: Grant, we pray, O Lord, that we may always find delight in these paschal mysteries, so that the renewal constantly at work within us may be the cause of our unending joy through Christ our Lord. Amen. But in this time above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. By the oblation of His body, He brought the sacrifices of old to fulfillment in the reality of the cross. And by commending Himself to you for our salvation, showed Himself the priest, the altar, and the Lamb of sacrifice. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exalts in Your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together
9: the unending hymn of Your glory as they acclaim Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaud, Plenis Unce Lea Terra, Gloriae Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Quiven ite, domini, Hosanna in excelsis.
3: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the Body and Blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your Church, spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember your servant, Jorge, whom you have called from this world to yourself. Grant that he who was united with your Son in a death like his may also be one with him in his resurrection. Through him and with him and in him, O oh God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. chapter salutaris moniti e Divina Institutione Formati Audemus indiceve Pater pate Noste, Noste, quies Noste quies in celis
9: sanctificetur nomen tuum ad viniad renum tuum fiat voluntas tua sicud in celo et in terra
7: Pater
9: Nostrum coditianum da nobis odie et imite nobis debita nostra sicuret nosti mitimus bus nostris
3: et ne nos inducas in tentationem sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil.
9: Quit holy spec at harmony.
6: Miserable noobies.
9: Anya stay.
6: Quit holy spec at
9: harmony. Miserable noobies. Anya stay. Quit holy Shepherd of souls, refresh and bless your children, chosen pilgrim flock with manna in the wilderness with water from the rock. We would not live by bread alone. But by your word of grace, in strength of which we travel on to our abiding place, be known to us in breaking bread, but do not then depart your abide with us and spread your table in our heart. Lord, sup with us in love divine your body and your blood, that living breath, that heavenly wine. Be our immortal food.
3: Let us pray. Hear, O Lord, our prayers, that this most holy exchange by which you have redeemed us may bring your help in this present life and ensure for us eternal gladness through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you.
9: And with with your your spirit.
3: spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.
9: Thanks be to God. God, we praise you. God, we bless you. God we name you, Sovereign Lord, Mighty King, whom angels worship, Father by your Church adored, all creation shows your glory, Heaven and earth drawn near your throne, singing holy. Holy, holy, Lord of hosts, and God alone. True apostles, faithful prophets, saints who set their world ablaze. Martyrs, one son, known unheeded, join one crowing song of praise. While your church on earth confesses one majestic Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God our.
1: The prayer to Saint Michael. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle.
9: I peace always in the name of Christ our Lord, Amen.
3: All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
9: Alejandra with Special Use Services